Do you desire to please God with your life? Do you also struggle with sinful thoughts and sinful habits? Let's face it, there's a conflict there, right? I mean, on the one hand, there's a desire to please God. And yet on the other, sometimes there's a strong desire to please self. In Galatians 5.17, Paul reminds us that the flesh is in conflict with the spirit and the spirit is in conflict with the flesh. They're opposed to each other, making it difficult to do what's right. Well, welcome to the Point of Purity podcast. I'm your host, Steve Etner, author, national speaker, and purity coach for the Pure Man Ministry. This is episode 111, entitled, Time for School. In Psalm 25, verse 4, after asking God to show me your ways, the psalmist then says this, listen, teach me your paths. In other words, it's time to go back to school. But let me ask you a couple of questions here. Think about this. What does it mean to be teachable? Teach me your paths. But what does that mean? And maybe the better question to ask is, are you teachable? You see, by asking God to teach him, David was acknowledging his inexperience, his lack of understanding, his his inability to navigate through life in a way that consistently and continuously honored and glorified God. He needed help. So he was... He was expressing a need for, in fact, he was, de- he was really expressing a dependency upon God to provide instruction on how to continuously lift up this soul and fully trust the Creator every moment of every day and everything on a daily basis. In uh, Job chapter 34, verse 32, Job is crying out to God, and I love this. He says to God, teach me what I do not see. I want to strongly submit here that that should be our prayer, daily our prayer to God. Father, I am struggling with knowing how to navigate this path of purity. Please teach me. Teach me what I do not see. What I love in Scripture is God answers that request. He says in Psalm 32, verse 8, I will instruct you and I will teach you in the way that you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. (laughs) Isn't that fantastic? God will not let you or me flounder. He stands ready to help us grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, 2 Peter 3.18. What does it mean to be teachable? Are you teachable? I want you to consider this. To be taught, to be teachable, there must first be an openness and a willingness on the part of the student to learn. I'm, I'm willing to learn. I, I'm willing, I'm open to whatever it is that you have to show me, what it is that you want to teach me. There's, in, in, inherent within that is a humble admission that I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to navigate this. I need help. And with that admission, comes a solid determination to apply what you're being taught. The person who's teachable is not just open and willing to learn. He's walking in obedience to what he's being taught. He's a doer of the word and not a hearer only, James 1, 22 through 25. 
I'm willing to bet for some of you, maybe for most of you listening, up till now, you've been focusing predominantly on your way versus God's way. You've chosen to walk your own path instead of following God down His. You've tried and tried and tried to defeat the sexual temptation in your own way instead of conquering it through God's way. It's why you continuously fail. That's why you, you're always falling. It's why you need God to teach you his path. Are you teachable? The interesting thing is we have already been provided with instruction on how to walk the path that God has laid out for us. It's already here. You, you've got it. Proverbs 4, verse 11, God says, I have taught you the way of wisdom. I have led you in the paths of righteousness. Great. How has he done that? 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 17 says, All Scripture, don't miss that, all Scripture is breathed out by God, and all of Scripture is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man or woman of God may be fully capable, totally equipped for every good work. 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17. Listen, when you turn to King Me for answers, when you depend upon your own ability to, to fight the beast, you have, as Jeremiah 32, 33 says, turned to God your back and not your face. And though God has taught you persistently, you have not listened to receive instruction, Jeremiah 32, 33. In Psalm 50, verse 17, God says, we have flippantly cast his words behind us. Now, now don't miss this. Don't let it slip past you. Focus your attention upon this. Let it speak deep into your chest. King me is not God. Now, you're probably sitting there saying, well, duh, I know that, especially if you've been listening to any of these episodes leading up to this. We've talked about this often. King me is not God. King me cannot be God. Not now, not tomorrow, not ever. You know what that means? That means that King me does not know what's best for you, but God does. King me will not lead you down the the right paths, the best paths, the perfect paths, but God will. King me does not care. God does. You know, turning your back on God is fairly easy because the the way that leads to darkness, the king me way, is always going to be easy. But with every choice you make, there are always going to be consequences. And turning your back on God, the consequences are going to be painful and they're going to be hard. But here's what I love. Dear Christian brother, dear Christian sister, listen. Here's what I love. In in Isaiah 30, verse 21, God says, Your ears will hear a word behind you saying, This is the way. Walk in it when you turn to the right or when you turn to the left. Think carefully about what I just read to you. In fact, I want you to listen closely. I'm going to quote it one more time. Isaiah 30, 21. Your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it when you turn to the right or when you turn to the left. When you choose to turn your back on God in favor of King Me, 
he hasn't said, oh, okay, you, you want to do that? Then fine, I'm just going to let you go. And uh, you, you try to make the best out of it, and, and I'll see on the flip side. No, no, no. When you turn your back on God, he is speaking to you to instruct you and to help you to know how to live a life of purity. But where is the voice coming from? If you listen to the, to the verse I, I read to you twice, you know the answer. You've chosen to follow the sinful desires of King Me. You've chosen to turn your back on God. So the voice saying, hey, this is the way. Come on, come on. I want you to walk in this way. The voice is coming behind you. Now think about this for a moment. God's voice may be coming from behind you. Where should it be coming from? Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 8, it says, It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear. Do not be dismayed. In Isaiah 45, verse 2, God says, I will go before you and level the exalted places. I will break in pieces the doors of bronze and cut through the bars of iron. And I want you to notice this. As God goes before you, you are to stay behind him following him, focused upon him. Jesus said in John 8, 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus spoke to the people saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Deuteronomy chapter 13, verse 4 says this, It is the Lord your God that you must follow. Him you must revere. Keep his commands and obey him, serve him, and hold fast to him. And in John chapter 12, verse 26, Jesus said, If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Here's my point. If you are daily choosing, moment by moment, choosing to follow Christ, if you're choosing to allow him to truly show you his ways and teach you his paths, his voice isn't going to be behind you saying, hey, whoa, this is the way. Walk in it. His voice is going to be in front of you saying, well done, my good and faithful servant. So if you're hearing God saying to you, whoa, hey, back up, this is the way. Over here, come on, walk in it. That should be a surefire indication that you've gone off the path to the right or to the left, all on your own, choosing instead to turn your back on God in pursuit of whatever King me wants. Now, the exciting thing here is that God, as, as your loving shepherd, will not let you meander off the path for very long. Instead, he says, hey, this is the way. Come on, walk in it. Are you teachable? What is the primary tool? What, what is the, the main method that God uses to teach his perfect paths? In Psalm, <clears throat> excuse me, Psalm 94, verse 12, it says, Blessed is the man, or woman, may I add, whom you teach out of your law. Blessed is the one who God teaches from his law. Folks, this is why it is so vital this is why I stress in almost every episode that we've ever recorded 
it's it's a, a, a vital necessity that you are in God's word every day of your life. It's it's as essential as breathing. In fact, as I counsel guys or coach guys, mentoring them, often I'll be known to say, I consider my Bible to be my oxygen tank. I can't live without it. I can't consistently walk the path that God has laid out for me without being in his word. You see, Psalm 119 verse 105 tells me God's word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. In Psalm 119 verse 130, it says, it is the unfolding of God's words that gives light. It imparts understanding to the simple. I love what the psalmist wrote in Psalm 19 verses 7 through 11. He said, the law of the Lord, referring to scripture, the law of the Lord is perfect reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord found in Scripture is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord laid out in Scripture are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandments of the Lord found within Scripture is pure, enlightening the eyes. The rules of the Lord contained within Scripture are true and righteous altogether. And more to be desired are they, they what? Scripture, more to be desired is God's word than gold, even much fine gold. It's sweeter also than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them, by Scripture, your servant is warned. And in keeping them and walking in obedience to God's word, there is great reward. Psalm 19, verses 7 through 11. Why? Because as we saw in 2 Timothy 3.16, all Scripture... All of Scripture, Genesis through Revelation, all of Scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable. It's beneficial for teaching, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness. So again, I ask, do you have a teachable spirit? Are you ready to cry out to the Lord, teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth, unite my heart to fear your name, Psalm 86, verse 11. David asked God, open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. Psalm 119, verse 18. So what about you? Are you teachable? As you choose to lift up your soul to God, Psalm 25, 1. As you choose to fully trust him, Psalm 25, verse 2. Are you asking him to open your eyes, to show you his ways, to teach you his paths? Then, as you ask him that, are you choosing to invest the time daily to not just skim over Scripture, but actually dig into your Bible and discover the path that he has revealed to you as he says, this is the way. Walk in it. Before we move on, I want us to focus our attention on one more aspect of God teaching us his way. Uh, Imagine for just a moment that you're an eighth grade math teacher. You've just covered a section on using rational numbers. You've you've talked about integers and decimals and fractions, you know, all the fun stuff. (laughs) Yeah, right. You believe that you've taught the class well, but now before you move on to the next topic, 
It's time to see if your students have learned well. Now, in order to determine that, in order to make sure you know what they've learned and that they can apply it, what must you do with them? <clears throat> Excuse me. You have to test them. And the results of the test will reveal not only what they've learned, but how well they can apply what they've learned. Hmm. I can remember how anxious I would feel at times when I knew that a test was coming, whether high school or college. No, <laughs> no matter the class, no matter the subject matter, an upcoming test almost always stressed me out. Well, now that I'm older and hopefully a little bit wiser, <clears throat> I've begun to realize that those pre-exam jitters <laughs> reveal something rather important about me. You see, more often than I care to admit, I'd walk into the classroom with sweaty palms and a pounding heart simply because I was walking in utterly and completely unprepared. I hadn't studied. I hadn't invested time in preparing and getting ready, a, a condition whose cause was purely self-inflicted. Now, here's why I share that. I want you to think about this. Inherent within the request for God to teach me is an understanding that there will be times when he's also going to test me. Jeremiah 17.10, God says, I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind. In Proverbs 17, verse 3, it says, Fire tests the purity of silver and gold, but the Lord tests the heart. Job 7, verses 7 and 18, it says, For you examine us every morning, and you test us every moment. Now, let's admit it, on the surface, that can sound a bit intimidating, maybe even a little scary. Being tested by God is often misunderstood. So as a result, we think of God testing us, and that, that comes across as a very negative thing, something to be dreaded, something to be feared. But my friend, nothing could be farther from the truth. In Psalm 11, verse 5, it says, The Lord tests the righteous. Psalm 7, verse 9, God tests the mind and the heart. Jeremiah 12, verse 3, You know me, Lord. You see me, and you examine my heart's attitude towards you. First Chronicles 29, 17 says, I know, my God, that you put the heart to the test and you delight in uprightness. Here's my point. The purpose of God testing you is not for you to show him how well he's been teaching you. It's not to reveal to him how much you've learned. He already knows that. He's God. The objective of God's teaching, of God's testing, excuse me, the objective of God's testing is to help you and I discover the practical application of the truth we've learned. Do I know how to walk in obedience to that? The purpose of the testing that comes from God is to show you and I what we've learned and to disclose to us, how, are we able to apply it? Do we understand it? And, and can we walk in the truth and in his way? So what an encouragement. James chapter 1, verse 3 is to know that the testing of our faith produces. God wants you and I to succeed in the Christian life. That's why he not only teaches us, but he tests us to show us the real state of our faith and the, the, the condition of our heart. 
First Peter chapter 1, verse 7 says this, These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world, 1 Peter 1, 7. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2 says, Remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness, humbling you, testing you to prove your character, to find out whether or not you would obey his commands. Deuteronomy 8, verse 2. If your faith is weak, if God is not sitting on the throne of your heart, then it's typically not obvious to you when life is going smoothly, but but bring on the hard times. Step into a testing moment, and your heart, your faith, will be revealed for what it really is. I want to submit that we don't truly realize and recognize our weaknesses until we have a test placed in front of us. That's why David cried out in Psalm 139, verse 23, Search me, God. Know my heart. Put me to the test and know my anxious thoughts. In Psalm 60, 26, sorry, Psalm 26, verse 2, he writes, Test me, O Lord. Try me. Examine my heart and my mind. Job declared in Job 23, verse 10, He knows the way that I take, and when he has tested me, I will come forth as gold. So I want to end the podcast the way I began. Are you teachable? Are you willing to let God not just teach you, but test you? Well, once again, we're going to hit the pause button until next week's episode. I look forward to continuing this ongoing study with you. If you'd like to learn more about today's study, or if you're interested in learning more about our ministry, be sure to visit our website. Go to thepuritycoach.com. That's www.thepuritycoach. It's all one word, thepuritycoach.com. We've got a multitude of resources that we've made available to you. That's thepuritycoach.com. And if you've not yet subscribed to this Point of Purity podcast, let me encourage you to do so today. I don't want you to miss any of our upcoming episodes. Well, until next time, this is author, speaker, and purity coach Steve Etner reminding you that if you're going to glorify God in your everyday living, He must first be glorified in your every moment thinking.